You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Well, everybody, welcome back to the show. Yay! So good to be here with you this week. Yeah, happy to have you back. Yeah. I have uh, a personal story to start off this episode. Ooh, fun. Awesome. Yeah. I was getting ready for bed the other evening when I heard some muffled yelling from the basement. Oh, no. Followed, oh, yeah, my. Yeah. Followed by my husband's footsteps pounding up the stairs. Nice. I can picture that so well. He breathlessly told me that he had found a dead mouse in the basement. He was um, uh, a little hysterical. And? He's, he has a mouse phobia ah, okay. uh, due to some bad experiences as a child. So he was understandably freaked out. I am the one okay. who deals with generally mice <laughs> yep. that make it into our household occasionally. Um, we do live in a 120 oh, wow. year old home. So it's to be yep. expected yeah. that we occasionally get a mouse. It's really I, not too bad. I also occasionally get mice, but I have a cat and that helps. Mm. Alas, I'm allergic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that would be a great thing to have. He's three for we one. Really, the, you know, we haven't, we haven't had too much. It's like every, every couple of years or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, down I went, uh, appropriately gloved, armed with a plastic bag. The animal <clears throat> that was lying on the floor was indeed mouse size uh, with a pointy nose. Oh. But as soon mm-hmm. as I laid eyes on it, I knew it was not a mouse. Ooh. <laughs> nice. The yes. tail was too short for one thing. Yep. Yes. yep. And there it, we go. It had oh, we're not going where you where we think you're going, probably. No. Oh. Uh it had velvety mole-like fur. Uh-huh. Yep. It also had barely visible eyes and ears. Uh-huh. Yeah. Similar to a mole. Maybe, maybe this is where you thought I was going. I think so. Not exactly where I thought so far. Okay. Uh-huh. Glancing <laughs> at its front paws, I could tell that it was not a mole. Yes. Because moles have monstrous, giant... Yeah, yeah, niggers. Yeah. Um, So I scooped it up in the plastic bag. Um, It was actually... It was not completely dead. It was just like... Oh. Oh. Gasping slightly. Not great. Yeah, anyway. So I carried it out to the trash can in the alley, and I was turning over in my mind what it could be. Vole is what I was initially thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they are small mouse-like rodents uh with have shorter tails that the are very velvety right, however no not okay. velvety vol vol was going to be my first guess right yeah well, that's what i thought you would th- would guess that was my first guess too but you know i thought voles had slightly different fur than that and and kind of blunter noses this one had a pretty pointy nose and that's mm. that's vol with a v not mole with an m right vol with a v right uh as a naturalist, I'm a little embarrassed to say I actually had to do some Googling to figure out that it was not a mouse, not a vole, not a mole, but a northern short-tailed shrew. There it is. Shrew. Nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes. 
Nice. And after figuring so that real, out, real I thought... pointy, pointy face? Yeah, it had a pointy face and really yeah. tiny eyes and actually no really visible ears. So I thought, of course, it's a shrew. And then I realized I don't think I've ever actually seen a shrew in person before. I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> right. think I misidentified this as a vole or I said it was a shrew yeah. and I'm misremembering it because I have also found one dead at work. So yep. There you go. It's very soft. Yeah. I didn't actually touch its fur. <laughs> That's a good plan. I didn't know like, if it was dying animal. Okay. sick or, I, you know, I scooped for the up best. it in a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, shrews are an animal where many people know the name of them, um, especially since mm-hmm. it's made its way into our common language as a fairly misogynistic put down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most people know very little about shrews, except that maybe oh, they're so cool. They're small and somehow similar to a mouse, is what people think. Mm-hmm. They're a mammal. They are not. They are not mice. They are not even rodents. They are in the same order as moles and hedgehogs, um, and Aww. are actually more closely related to dogs, cats, horses, and cows than they are to mice. Oh According wow! To DNA That's analysis. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are found in temperate and tropical areas all over the major land masses of the world, except for Australia, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. On the other side of that... uh, Makes sense. That line that I did a whole episode about that I'm not forgetting the name of the line. Was it Wallace's Uh, line? The Wallace line. Wallace's line. Thank you. Yes. Uh, So the ones found here in Minnesota are, as I mentioned... The most common one is the northern short-tailed shrew, which mm-hmm. is uh, Blarina brevicauda. And if I, if my semi-existent Latin serves me, I think that <laughs> species name means short tail. <laughs> gotcha. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it is about the size of a mouse, which means it's fairly large for a shrew. The largest shrew in the world is the Asian house shrew, which grows to about 15 centimeters or six inches long. The wow. smallest shrew large. in the world, it, yeah. You wouldn't think of that as being shrew size, but the smallest shrew in the world is the absolutely minuscule Etruscan shrew, which is only three and a half centimeters long and weighs oh my gosh. 1.8 grams. That's uh, Whoa. one and eight tenths of a paper clip. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jeez. A yeah. jumbo paper clip, yeah. The... That is that also is so the small. smallest mammal in the world. This is digging pretty deep, but I did mention Etruscan shrews some time ago on the show when I was talking about the ants that shrink and regrow their brains because Etruscan oh, yeah. shrews also do that. Right. They don't have enough yeah. body to do anything else. Oof. Right. Uh, so shrews are carnivores, unlike mice. And they mainly uh-huh. eat insects and other invertebrates, although they can also sometimes eat larger prey, including small mammals and snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way they can do that is they are indeed quite fierce, but shrews, uh, some shrews are also venomous. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering when you were going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> including including so the awesome. one I found, the northern short-tailed shrew. Yeah. One yeah. of the few so venomous cool. mammals. We've, uh, 
I guess it's not too surprising that we've already mentioned most of the venomous mammals on this show. Yeah. Um, right. Platypuses. Because they're weird. Yep. Slow lorises. Mm-hmm. Arguably vampire bats. Um, and then there are some others where like they eat something and it sort of makes them venomous. Mm-hmm. But sure, the ones I just yeah. mentioned are the ones that produce the venom themselves. So and cool. The other venomous mammals that we haven't mentioned are all related to shrews. Uh, moles and a kind of creature called a selenodon. What hmm. a name. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Sounds like a Sounds dinosaur. prehistoric, but they're living creatures currently living. Uh, so shrews do not have fangs uh, that inject venom the way some snakes do, or even grooved teeth the way some snakes do to inject venom. Mm -hmm. They basically get it into their prey by chewing on them. Oh, man. (laughs) That's really grim. Let me hold on. Let me Uh, gnaw on you for a minute. Yeah. Nom, 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 nom. (laughs) One other important thing to know about shrews is that they are voracious. As a very small carnivore mammalian carnivore they have an incredibly high metabolism Mm -hmm. and they need to eat at least every few hours and consume at least their body weight in food every day oh my gosh yeah if they don't if they don't eat very frequently they will die and i um i will say (laughs) earlier in the day i had heard a disturbing scrabbling sound in a the walls of my house, which I figured okay. was a mouse stuck somewhere. Uh-huh. But in retrospect, it was probably this poor shrew that had somehow gotten lost. This, uh-huh. is, this is how I'm reconstructing it. Of course, it could have gotten poisoned or been sick for some other reason. But what I think happened is it got in there somewhere. Maybe it was chasing, you know, a house centipede or who knows what. Mm-hmm. And it got stuck. And... Finally, it's ma- it made its way out onto our basement floor, but by that point, it was so exhausted and hadn't had enough food that it just died. Yeah. Hmm. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oof. Anyway, there is some thought that the venom may be helpful for this because uh, the venom can be used either to kill or to paralyze. And so if they paralyze their prey, they can cash it for later oh particularly useful in cold climates oh wow so keep it yeah. fresh okay. yes they can oh. keep it fresh so apparently dark uh for example a paralyzed mealworm can stay fresh for up to 15 days oh that's pretty good bet you didn't know that yeah keeps I two weeks in the fridge hmm. that's um, awesome yeah, and as an animal with a very fast metabolism, shrews only live up to about two years, which is not super surprising. Okay. Uh, live yeah. fast, die young. Oh, their heart rate is insane, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly, in addition to being venomous, they also have a very unpleasant musk that apparently tastes quite nasty to mammalian predators, although huh. birds and snakes will happily eat them with no problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is, there's lots more that's very interesting about shrews, but you know, uh, maybe I'll have to save it for another episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My main sources this week were the National Park Service and Wikipedia. And I just, uh, you know, 
once I found a shrew in the basement, my husband didn't want to hear any more about it, even though it wasn't a mouse. And he's like, I so think you found you your next us. your next podcast topic. And I said, yes, I have. Yay. Yes, <laughs> so I'm telling all of you have. about it instead of him. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. This is really fascinating. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, it's going to be Kirk. Hey everyone, welcome back. Rachel and Victoria, I know you're probably expecting me to come this week with a story, but instead, I have a little surprise for you. Ooh, you are both now non-consensual contestants on my new game, Weird Ways to Die. Great, excellent. Just In this game, love it. I have a series of questions where I'm going to pair up two statistically unlikely ways that nature will kill you. Okay. And you have to decide like, which one is more likely to happen. Is okay. this the strange by nature version almost of the trail to Oregon? Because I will say I die every single time in that game. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about the Oregon Trail? Yeah. Oregon Trail? <laughs> oh, it's like a board dysentery game now. Uh, or, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, oh, my, my wife worked on one of the versions of the uh, computer game. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Chelsea's already amazing. She's pretty, she's pretty cool. Legendary. All right, you ready? Yes. Round yes. one. Are you more likely to die by a goat or lightning in the United States? A goat. Oh. I'm going goat. There's more goats in the world. More goats know. in North America. There's a lot of lightning too, though. There is a lot of lightning, I, but I, I, I say goat. I think it's more likely because people don't pay attention and there's diseases and things like that. And there's like goat meat okay. and lamb and things they, like that. What are we talking about? Interesting. Uh, so Kirk, talking about a living goat, like attacking goat. someone and killing okay. them. I'm still going I mean, goats. Goat. Can be pretty aggressive. I mean, I'm just going to, since Rachel's saying goat, I'm just going to be contrary and say lightning. Mm. Well, sometimes it pays off to be contrarian mm. because uh, while goats can, you know, be aggressive. And I did find one statistic, statistic saying that annually 6,000 people are attacked and injured by goats in the U.S. That statistic is all over the place on the web. I, I couldn't find an original source for that. Mm. Um, death by goat is quite rare. That's Every fair. once in a while, like there's a story about like a mountain goat might charge someone and kind of knock them off a mountain or something. It has happened before. However... About 20 people die by lightning every year in the U.S. Yeah. So lightning, way more dangerous than goats. So one point to Victoria there. All right. Moving on to round two. Okay. I so love this question. In the year 2021, specifically, were you more likely to be killed by striking a duck with your face while jet skiing <laughs> or by being gored by a Yellowstone bison? Oh. I think um, it was, I think it's gored by a Yellowstone bison because I feel like it happened a couple times in 2021. I vaguely remember hearing more about that. Okay. But also, that is a specific. Wow. Struck in, a fi- in the face by, by a duck a while water skiing? Jet skiing. While jet skiing. Jet skiing. You're on jet a jet fatally, ski. And okay. a, is the, fatally is the striking a duck flying? with your face. A flying, well, it's got to be if it's going to hit your I face. I mean, I guess. Or else it gets. Or got thrown up into your thrown face. Thrown up uh-huh. by the jet ski. Uh, so. Traumatic for the duck. I have a hard duck time. Duck on face death. 
I have a hard time imagining that more than one person per year is killed by a <laughs> That's duck. A, it's to the such head a specific I'm, I'm scenario. I'm so sorry I'm laughing about that. It's so specific, Kurt. I gotta say it the is. bison. Yeah. Bison. Are you both saying bison? Yeah. Weirdly, the answer is the duck. What? <laughs> okay. So Hold about on. one the and a half duck. people per year are gored by bison at Yellowstone, but not to death. Uh, these are mostly stupid tourists trying to get selfies or pet them. Uh, but while being gored is awful, only two people have died from it since 1972. Okay. And I think statistically, I think overall, indeed, you're correct. You're much more likely to die from bison than duck to the face. However, <laughs> that was not the case in the year 2001. Oh, man. All right, round three. From 1979 to 1990, were you more likely to die by being attacked by a dog or a wasp slash bee? 1979 to 1990. Correct. That's, that's the time range? Mm. Okay. Yep. When did rabies vaccines become widespread? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm still going to go... In some places, probably still aren't. Yeah, I'm going to. Is this worldwide or in the U.S.? Uh, this is in the U.S. Good question. Okay. I'm still yeah. I'm going to go with. I've been wrong every other time, so I'm going to go with the dog. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to go with the wasp or bee because those are very dangerous animals. Mm hmm. The answer is the Hymenoptera, the bear wasp. In this time period, there was 186 deaths from oh, dogs, wow. but 527 from bees and wasps. Dang. Now, I was thinking, okay, I'm hold on. This, this is game. before EpiPens were widely available. So would more recent data actually, you know, change that? Oh, yeah. Uh, and the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, the most current numbers I could find from the CDC, which was from 2011 to 2021, there was a total of 788 deaths from hornets, wasps, and bee stings in the U.S., uh, which averaged out to 72 deaths per year, whereas current annual deaths by dogs in the U.S. is somewhere between 30 and 50. Mm. Uh, so still to this day, way more people dying from bees and wasps yes. uh, and hornets than from dogs. So I'm very terrible Although, at this game. Although the number probably hasn't <laughs> been up on like a per hundred thousand population. Probably basis. not. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the population has gotten much larger. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now, for round four, all three of us, even though we live uh, some distance from each other, we all live in the number one least geologically active state in all of the United States. That's right. Uh, is, That's what I like about yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is cold here in winter, but we often console ourselves by saying things like, well, at least we don't have earthquakes. There's uh, a my son is fond a, of putting out. Uh huh. Oh, I there's like a little yeah, sound uh, or whatever. There's no at least there's no earthquakes. There's no alligators. There's no hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. but whenever I mention stuff like that, my 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 high school age son will always say, "Well, you know, we still have tornadoes," mm. and that is fair. Yeah. Um, well, is it is it a fair point though? Statistically speaking. Which are you more likely to die from in the U.S., a tornado or an earthquake? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so earthquakes don't 
really destructive earthquakes don't happen very often. But when they do, they can kill a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's also Whereas the tornadoes, idea, even like the the lower one, like lower level ones, like you can still get into car accidents and things like that because of it. Sure, but not that many people are dying each year because of that kind of earthquake. Mm-hmm. But so, so if if we're doing sort of an annualized earthquake death thing, you have to spread out those those big earthquake deaths over quite a few years if we're talking about on average, right? Mm. This is tricky, yeah. Yeah, but then, I'm looking at sort of a, a thirty over a thir- let's say over a thirty year period. Over a thirty okay. year period, I say tornadoes. I'll go earthquakes. Rachel, you are uh, going for the clean sweep here. <laughs> it's tempting to think the answer. <laughs> I can see it's tempting to think the answer is going to be earthquakes, right? Yeah, we hear horrific stories about like thousands of people dying from earthquakes, right? I mean, there's some <sighs> in the news just this year, like just horrible. However, in the United States, we have very stringent building codes, mm-hmm. and those binge building codes save people's lives. Yep. Uh, our buildings are much less likely to be damaged in earthquakes. Also, while there are many, many dangerous tornadoes every single year, massive earthquakes just aren't an annual thing. Most earthquakes mm-hmm. are, you know, just a little shaking or a little, you know, break cracking of some plaster and everybody's fine. Just in the 30-year period that was studied, yeah, by the USGS and by uh, NOAA, uh, there were on average 27 tornado deaths every single year. Uh, and that was more than all of the earthquake deaths combined for the whole 30-year period that was being studied. Uh, now, tornadoes are uh, undoubtedly far more dangerous than earthquakes yeah. uh, in general. Uh, I will say that the 1989 San Francisco earthquake, uh, which must not have been in that 30-year period, did kill 63 people, uh, which is more than 27. But if you average it out over, say, a person's lifetime or even just over yeah. that 30, like a 30-year period like we were talking about, tornadoes are are far, far more deadly. Yeah. So yeah. round five. All right. Now All right, we're I got to get on the board here. Again. <laughs> Get on the board here, Rachel. Um, I guess 2021 was a big year for strange deaths. Tell me, (laughs) which happened more that year in 2021? People dying from failure to fart fast enough or people dying by being attacked by koalas? (laughs) I hate that these are... (laughs) This means that at least one person died... From each of these problems, at least one person has died because maybe it's here. maybe it made them all up, Rachel. Who knows? I what don't. What does it mean? Failure to fart fast enough? Um, you, you have to pass gas, and you just didn't. Yeah, <sighs> dying from not farting. Now, I listeners, uh, as, let you as Victoria first, is thinking hard, you're gonna go the opposite. you know, she is That's a nursing student currently. So she's going through all of her, you know, nursing knowledge trying to figure, can you die from not farting? This is exactly what's going through my brain. Uh-huh. Yep. I, and what would the mechanism I, be for that? God, I have, oh man, I, I have to go koalas, right? People think they're cuddly. They're not. Okay. Sure. Given. Given. Uh, however, I can I can certainly imagine many people mm-hmm. being injured by koalas. I can't imagine that many people being killed by koalas. I yeah. am gonna go with the farting because you know you're 
your intestinal system blocks yeah. up. A lot of bad things can happen. Kirk, how bad am farts. I doing? Farts for me. <laughs> um, so farts for Victoria, koalas for uh, Rachel. Rachel, mm-hmm. you are continuing the streak here. <laughs> um, but look, both of these are super unlikely. Um, first of all, death from flatulence, <laughs> or rather uh, wow. the lack of it, um, isn't something like uh, that Victoria is likely to come across in her uh, nursing courses, I'm sure. Uh, and, and koalas, while Australians like to joke about them secretly being vicious animals Little called drop, drop bears. bears that will drop out of trees and gnaw your face off, they're actually <laughs> incredibly docile creatures. So which one of these actually happened in 2021? Well, doctors in China reported the death of a man after he drank 1.5 liters of Coca-Cola in 10 minutes. Whoa. He obviously became bloated with excess carbonation, um, and he should have been able to pass that off as just flatulence. But for some reason, uh, they don't quite understand, he was unable to. And the high pressure in his intestines led to gas in his portal vein, uh, which is what caused uh. his death. Wow. Uh, now... That was not the mechanism I was thinking about. Nope. No, this, and that's why this was that's why this was written up in a journal article because it was so bizarre. Um, I completely made up the thing about the koalas. <laughs> uh, now I will say, full disclosure here. I w- originally saw the story about the uh, man who uh, failed to fart and died in Forbes, uh, but it was also picked up widely in the media. Like lots of people reported on this. I wanted to read the original medical paper. But when I went to the site, I found that it had been temporarily withdrawn. Mm. Uh, and this was y- many, like three, two or three years ago. Uh, yeah, but two years ago. Uh, and so I kind of looked into what does that mean? And it's uh, a withdrawal is not the same as a retraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the authors temporarily chose to withdraw their paper and there isn't any reason listed. Some of the times it could just be like, oops, that got published too soon. We want to present it at a conference and we're supposed to present it there first maybe there was a they wanted you know Mm. someone's name was misprinted like there's many reasons something could be temporarily withdrawn um so i i don't know why it was and it has not been republished Mm. uh and uh i will give hats off to ifl science they were the only source i saw online that noted in the reporting hey update by the way this paper has been withdrawn so kind of curious there Mm. yeah final round Final Ooh. round. Are you ready? Rachel, I gotta be on the this board. Is your <laughs> I mean, this if is I am wrong every single time, that's almost funnier. It's 50-50. This is amazing. amazingly bad at this <laughs> I'm awful at this. Okay. Again, in the United States, okay. are you more likely to be crushed by a falling tree or die from falling out of your own bed? Now, this one is tricky. Everybody has a bed. And not everyone is around trees, but then again, a bed is like two feet off the ground, uh, while not trees always. are massive and can easily crush you. I okay. work in uh, a place with I, bunk beds and things. Yeah, sure, sure. So we gotta, we gotta choose. Do you have to die pretty immediately after you fall out of bed, or like you die as consequences of your injuries sometime later? You after know, out of bed? that's a great question. Um, I believe this was pulled from um, CDC data. And so this would be um, uh, probably like things were written on people's death certificates and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, I imagine it could include complications from falling out of okay. bed as long as it was like something that pre- it's not thing. like years later. What a thing to have on your death certificate. It. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fell, Fell out, of out of bed. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, Rachel, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? <sighs> I mean, you can. No pressure, I, Rachel. You you can just say what I say if you really want to get up on the board. <laughs> I've had a pretty good record so far. Wow. So much confidence out of Victoria. <laughs> the smack talk is off the charts here Woo! this week. <laughs> oh, that was I solid mean, shade, Victoria. Just going on our I records. So so hope Victoria's wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, you did get one especially wrong if, earlier. If, especially if Rachel yeah, does agree with her. Wrong. That'd be really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did say bison and not ducks to the face. Yeah. Really. That, well, to be fair, it was ducks to the face on a jet yes. ski. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. I'm, I'm staking my I'm, claim. I'm choosing falling out of bed. I was, my gut okay. says tree people. Usually there's like chainsaws involved. Oh, yeah. So I'm going with okay, trees. So we're, we're, we're splitting again. We're going to do it again. Well, here we go. Please. Here's the answer. Please. <laughs> we talk about trees falling. Trees are on the rise. The U.S. has been busy growing back forests. The U.S. now has 8% of total forests in the world. Uh-huh. And reached a point in 1997 where growth exceeded harvest by 42%. Wow. And we were growing forests at a rate of roughly four times faster than we were than we were in the 1920s. All those trees eventually fall and kill an average of 100 people in the U.S. per year. Rachel, Ooh. is that enough? I don't. That I don't know. A- I'm in suspense here, according, <laughs> according to the CDC, beds are responsible for 1.8 million emergency room visits. Wait, emergency room visits. Four, yeah, over 400,000 hospital admissions every year. As you might have guessed, the elderly are Uh the largest population getting hurt falling out of bed. And annually, there are 450 deaths from bedfalls in the U.S. Rachel, that's a clean sweep for you uh, of the losses. What are the odds that I got every single one wrong? For this one, <laughs> my nursing training. <laughs> I spend a lot of time talking about the side effects of drugs, and if you've got one that's making you feel dizzy or giving you low blood pressure, you got to be really careful with the patient, keeping them in bed. Don't let them get up out of bed. Mm. Don't let them mm. go to the bathroom uh-huh. by themselves because bad things can happen. There you go. They fall. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just say I'll end I'll end this little segment by saying it's best I guess just to sleep in the woods just to be safe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just don't don't bring a bed with you into the woods. Right. Camping. Uh, also, don't uh, sleep in the woods when there's lightning uh, or a tornado or a place uh, you know where ducks Could might fly into uh, your hit face. you in the face. Don't go jet skiing. Yep. And you you should be fine. <laughs> Look, I got the stuff from lots of places, sources this week. The Guardian, the Centers for Disease Control, the Journal Wilderness and Environmental Medicine, uh, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, the U.S. Geological Survey, OSHA, and the Environmenter. I got to recover. Awesome. Thanks. That was Thanks, really fun. <laughs> I got to recover. Well, let's uh, take a... <laughs> Yeah, take a quick break and see if uh, Rachel can recover from her uh, abject failure uh, <laughs> to understand weird ways you can die. And uh, she can try to redeem herself in the third half of the show. <laughs> the third half of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome back, everyone. Now, the answer to what's on everyone's mind, no, I'm not over my abject failure, my true just <laughs> ugh, devastating I mean, loss. you were consistent. You were consistent. Very you consistent. Know? Wow. Anyway, um, that being said, Victoria, though you absolutely trounced me in the fun game of how could you die, you actually brought up something with your story about the shrew. Mm-hmm. And I was a little nervous when you started talking. Um, oh, oh, okay. You did not cover my topic. I will say that. Oh, but good. going Ooh. into Ooh. this week, I thought that for, because if you didn't know, this is episode 150, which is very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted thanks to for, talk thanks about. Thanks for being along on the journey, everybody. Oh, amazing. Yes. I want to talk about a relative of. Our logo. Oh. So on our Strange by Nature, we have a strange creature on our logo. I'm going to talk about a relative that we haven't talked about. 150 episodes in. Let's talk about the echidnas. Yeah. Yeah. Platypus cousins. Let's do it. Platypus cousins. So on the planet Earth, there are five species of monotreme. Monotreme are the most ancient are weird they're so bizarre they are the (sighs) most ancient order group of sorts of mammals so that mammals are divided into three different groups they are the placental mammals which is most creatures uh so like manatees whales humans chimpanzees dogs cats all of those shrews shrews yeah then there are the marsupials, which include anything with a pouch. They give live birth, and they go into a pouch, and they stay in that little pouch for a long time. So those are like the kangaroos, the koalas, the wombats. Opossums. Opossums. Possums. Just all of those creatures. Mm-hmm. Marsupials. Monotremes. <sighs> so there are five species. Like I said, there's one... That is the platypus, which we talked about already. But there are four species of echidna. And, you know, monotremes in general are already bizarre because they are egg-laying mammals. So they don't, produ- they don't have live birth. They lay an egg. So weird. Which is yep. already bizarre. And they Ugh, don't... Breaks my brain. They do produce milk, but they don't have, like, teats or anything. They sweat the milk in like a patch. <laughs> so kind of gross. Which is gross. And oh, just like, sure. Yeah, a milk patch. But we haven't talked about echidnas and we have to talk about echidnas. Um, so they are sometimes called spiny anteaters. And I was looking at pictures of echidnas and they look very similar to hedgehogs, which you mentioned they earlier. Sure do. They mm, look a mm-hmm. lot they like really hedgehogs. Yeah. Um, they are Convergent not hedgehogs. evolution right there. Oh yeah. So... To describe an echidna, they are, they look, how do you describe this? Picture a hedgehog with a really small face, a really long snout, which is sometimes called a beak. So a lot of a beak, like a bird. Uh, Sometimes that's actually, that's actually in a lot of their names, like a short beaked echidna or long beaked echidna. One of the species is 
Sir David's echidna. Yes, for David Attenborough. Uh, Zaglossius oh. <laughs> Attenbury is the Latin nice. name. Beautiful. They have all of these spines covering their entire body. They have four feet um, with claws. They're an endangered, they're all endangered species. They're located in Australia, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. And they look like spiny anteaters, pretty much. And they do actually eat ants. They eat insects and ants, and they dig up uh, all kinds of insects like that. Nice. Here's the thing. Both. Uh (laughs) Here's the thing. So you see all of those spines, right? Those are Mm -hmm. all individual hairs. And they are hollow little spines um, that don't necessarily hugely protect the echidna. They're there to deter. They do call them um, barbless quills on their back and sides. And it's less fur, and those are all just hollow, hollow spines. So they are truly just one piece of fur. And really? that, I don't know why that bothers me, but it does for some reason. It's, yeah, they don't seem like they would be hair. Right? Those are hair. That's part of, that well, is I a guess, fur. Oh. That is not. That's sort of what porcupine quills are, aren't they? Basically the same idea, isn't it? I guess. So one of the things, too, um, with an echidna, they have really small eyes. They don't really use their eyesight all that much, but they do use their sense of smell, and they have a really, really good sense of hearing. You can't see their ears, however, because they don't have external ear flaps. Behind their eyes, there's vertical slits, and those are their ears. Oh. Huh. Which is already okay. that's bizarre on itself. Um, they do all they use their sense of hearing and they use their sense of smell to be able to track down various prey because they do actually dig into the dirt. They use all four of their limbs to scratch out the dirt and try to um, get food out and be able to get. They use their really long tongue that is covered in saliva to lick up any insects or any ants or anything that they can catch, which is really cool. Wow. That being said, their feet, they have an extra long claw on their back legs because their back legs, I mentioned that they use all four of them. Their hind legs actually face backwards. Oh, what? Okay, So the toes face towards their butt. Okay. And they have an wow. extra long claw on that toe that is used to like scratch out any dirt or anything that are in the spines. But it digs uh-huh. with its front feet straight down and then the back are able to because they're facing the other way are also able to dig out. Oh, that's awesome. Which is wild. <laughs> and huh. it's really wow. helpful obviously if they're getting termites or anything like that. It also helps them dig in for like protection with fires or drought. They are able to like dig into the dirt and be able to like protect themselves, which is great. Nice. Huh. Um, that being said, like I've been talking a lot about like their digging ability. Uh, 
they can climb and they are great at swimming. Oh, huh. which feels like the cool. triath- triathlete of the monotreme yeah. world. Truly, it can do any of anything that it wants to. It can climb and it's actually a decent climber too. Like we talked about with porcupines that they are not the best at climbing or at least getting down. But not getting down. Yeah. 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 But they are right at getting up. They're, they're fine at it. Um, but the echinos are able to swim and are able to like run around. Uh, they don't have teeth. So they use their really long sticky tongue in order to get any of their food. Their tongue is six inches or 15 centimeters long. Hmm. Wow. Which is. And that's for a pretty small animal. That is a pretty. Right? Yeah, it yeah. is for pretty small. I, you're right. I haven't said um, the size of an echidna. Echidnas are generally about like hedgehog size. They are not a very large creature in the first place. Right. Um, they are like the males are larger than the females at 13 pounds. So they're like a, they're not bad in weight size. Um, but generally they're not very large. One last thing about echidnas. There's a lot of, I, I hope it's my favorite fact, Rachel. I think it might be Kirk. So they are, like I said, they live uh, and they lay eggs. That is how they reproduce. The males. So they mate with each other and the female will lay the eggs 22 days after mating into some into her own little pouch. So males and females both have little pouches. So they lay eggs and then the the eggs stay in a little pouch on their body and they just like hang out with them and grow and develop until um, Mm -hmm. they're called little puggles until the little puggles are old enough and are about seven months old. That's really cute, right? Adorable. That is super cute. I'm going to be blunt here. Male echidnas have a four headed penis. That was not what I was thinking of. Okay. But okay. Oh, it was not? Uh, oh, uh, well, no. <laughs> I didn't know oh, wow. how else to get okay. into that. How did you bury the lead on that one, Rachel? <laughs> well, so they what they do, they have a four-headed penis, so it's kind of like a little star, and during mating, they'll insert it into the cloaca Ouch. of the female, and... <laughs> Whatever one gets to the right tract, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. No. And the rest of them are shut down. <laughs> it's gross, but it was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, okay, that's weird. It's very oh, weird. It's so weird. A lot weirder than and what I was going to say. way longer than it should be. It's like almost three oh. inches. It's too, it's, Yeah. So breeding season, that being said, like breeding season is uh, like June through September and females will be followed by like a little train of males just to like, to uh, mate with her. Just multiply that number by four. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, okay, Kirk, now we have to know what your fact is. I guess I was just going to say is that echidnas can't sweat. 
So one of the oh, ways yeah. they cool off is by blowing snot bubbles. Oh, that's oh. really cute. I didn't come across that. So that's that. a cute that's cleansing, cute. <laughs> cleansing image after your hydra-headed <laughs> penis uh, just... we decided to end this week's show with. I just Googled yes. the penis. Oh. <laughs> oh, you, I'm not going to Google that. Why? No, I'm good. No. I'm good. No, I'm not going to either. Um, <sighs> overall, but you at home can. Yeah, you at home. So they're medium-sized little Maybe critters. Maybe not on your work they're computer. Fun. No, I wouldn't do it on their work computer. Um, but they're really, they're really precious little monotremes, and they actually live much longer than I expected them to. Um, they can live up to like 20 years, which is oh, pretty wow. decent cool. for a small little uh, critter, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Better than a shrew. Yeah, it's better than a shrew. Yeah. So it was wild. Um, so and the echidna is one of the oldest surviving species on the mammalian species i should say on the planet which is very exciting so oh nice yeah very cool thanks for leaving us with that really cute fact kirk um that's all i have for us this week so awesome yeah thanks all everyone for listening see you next week thanks for being there for 150 episodes yeah yeah. can't believe it 150 yeah that's phenomenal right All right. See you all next week, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of the strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange.